Good evening. Welcome to Liberty Baptist Church. Go ahead and turn to page 95. Page 95 in your hymnals. Joy to the World will do verses 1, 3, and 4 of page 95. Please stand. Please stand. Page 81. Page 81, it came upon the midnight clear. We will do verses 1 and 4 of page 81. so much for coming out to our Christmas Eve service. We're so glad to be here. It's good to have my parents here. I'm going to ask my dad to open us in a word of prayer this evening.
Again, I appreciate everyone coming out tonight. I hope you get a blessing from this service. We always enjoy uh, Christmas Eve service, just singing a few extra uh, carols. And I know a lot of family obligations and things are out there, but we appreciate you uh, making this part of your schedule. And if you'd like to stay after the service tonight, uh, we've got some cookies and hot cocoa back there, and also uh, some of the famous Menez Pasoli, and uh, that is a uh, Christmas Eve tradition. They got it started on back uh, when we started the church here. And that's always a real blessing. So if you'd like to stay afterwards and fellowship with us, you're more than welcome to do that. But we do appreciate you being here. Right now, we're going to go ahead and have another song. Go ahead and remain seated and turn to page 82. Page 82, O Little Town of Bethlehem. We'll do verses 1 and 4. Child, oh, holy child. 
child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. and remain seated. Make your way to page 94. Page 94. What child is this? We'll do all three verses. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Who Silent word is clear. 
us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is a brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we, let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. His stand for our final hymn before the message, page 85, page 85, O Come All Ye Faithful. Uh, the orchestra will do a um, uh, prelude first, and uh, just watch me, and we'll come in, and there'll be a key change on the third verse. Let us adore him. 
Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Don't plan on preaching long tonight, but do want to bring a message to you that uh, I think is very important and something we can be very thankful for. And I, I do love this time of year. I love preaching about Christmas. I like talking about the birth of Christ. And I like all the traditions that go with Christmas, too. And I'm very thankful to um, you know have a lot of good memories of Christmas. You know, and, um, My parents are here tonight, and... Uh, they definitely uh, did a good job of just making Christmas special, and a lot of the stuff that we do in our family, it's just kind of what we did growing up, and it was special memories for me, and so I wanted to pass those on to my kids, and it's the same thing, too, even with uh, our service that we do here, uh, the songs that we sing, it's the same stuff I had growing up. There's a new generation that just wants to abandon everything from the previous generation. In fact, they even get triggered by anything that reminds them of the previous generation, but I personally like it, and <laughs> I'm not triggered at all, and uh, I, I want to keep it going, and I'm thankful that, um, you know, I didn't have a bad taste put in my mouth for all these things, but I was raised, and so, but right now, I want us to go to First Corinthians chapter 15. Look what it says in verse 45. We're going to read more of this passage in a little bit, but I want to start off reading just one verse, and it says, and so it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. What I want to talk about tonight is the last Adam. And there are many titles that Jesus has, you know, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace, uh, one that we hear a lot this time of year too, you know, Messiah, Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. You hear the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. I mean, there's so many titles that Jesus Christ has, but uh, one that he has is the last Adam. And this is a very significant one that I want to focus on tonight. So what is that significance? Why did the Bible call him the last Adam? And we're going to look at several things on this real, real quickly. 
that uh, you know reminds us of the Christmas story and exactly why Jesus had to come to this earth and be born the way he was. So the first thing I want you to notice in Luke chapter 3 and verse 38 is going through the genealogies of Jesus Christ. And it's, it's going from his descent all the way from Mary and Joseph all the way to Adam. And when it gets to verse 38, it says, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Adam was a son of God. We are going to see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but he wasn't the only begotten son of God like Jesus Christ was. In fact, Adam too, he was what the Bible calls, he was earthy. He was of the flesh. He was made from the dust of the ground. And Adam, when he came into this earth, he came. He was a perfect creation of God. God placed him in the garden. Everything was set up for him just great. But you know what Adam did? Adam fell. Adam ate of that forbidden fruit. And when Adam fell, he literally plunged the entire human race into death and destruction. That sin that he did, it has affected all of us because all of us descend from Adam. Every one of you in here today, if we were to, if we could chase your lineage back far enough, We'd find out we're all related, and eventually we'd, we'd all get to Adam. We'd all get to Adam. And just like there's things that you have in common with your parents, traits that you picked up from them, there are things that we still have in us that we got from Adam, and that is that sin gene, as I like to call it. And all of us sin. The Bible says all have sin. There's none righteous, no, not one. And you sin because your mom and dad sin, and they sin because their mom and dad sin. And it goes all the way back to Adam. He was the one, he was the original one who sinned, who ate of that forbidden fruit. And so that first Adam, you know, we all got something really bad from him, didn't we? We've all got it. And eventually one of these days we're all going to die because of that. But thankfully, he wasn't the last Adam. He was just the first Adam. There was another Adam that came, and that was Jesus Christ. And so this sin of Adam it brought death to himself. It brought death to all who descend from him. Look what it says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So sin came into the world by only one man, and that was Adam. Adam brought sin into the world. Adam, one man brought death into the world. Adam did all that. So it says, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the multitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. So we are all sinners because we all have that part of Adam in us. And you know what? We can't get around the fact that we all have Adam in us. We can't get around that fact. You know, there's all there's there's probably traits and things we all have, and I can't talk about this right now because my parents are here tonight, but have you ever noticed a trait in your life and you know you got it from your parents too, and it's like, you know, I, I hate this about me. But you know, it just it kind of runs in the family. Now, I don't have anything like that. Right? I don't I, you know, I, I don't have anything like that because I've my you know, I got perfect parents. But at the same time, you know, you all know what I'm talking about, don't you? And just like there's just some things you just can't get away from. And, you know, and there's often things that I look at and I kind of wonder, you know, am I going to get that? You know, maybe some of the health things and, and different, you know, the you know, I, I didn't get my dad's hair, uh, but, you know, there's you know, I, I got my grandpa's hair. You know, 
on my mom's side. And I often wonder, you know, I hope I didn't get my grandpa's heart when it came to that because he had heart problems and things. And you worry about those things, don't you? Because you might get that. In fact, you know, in the medical world, they'll often ask you about your family's medical history. Because if cancer runs in your family, there's a better chance of you having cancer or heart disease. They ask all these things because if it was in your family, it's very likely that you have it too. And we can't get around these things. It's just a fact. We, you know, we were born into it and we can't get around the fact that we have that sin nature in us. We all got it from Adam. There's no, there's no getting around it. There, there's no exceptions in here. None of you had some kind of birth defect that separated you so much that you lost the sin gene. In fact, you know, birth defects usually make things worse. Don't they? So we've, we've all got that. And so when Adam sinned, he received a death sentence. And we all, from the time we were born, we were born in sin. We all had a death sentence on us. And even if you're saved, you still have a physical death sentence on you, don't you? Even if you're saved. Now, there is a chance that we might be spared that death sentence if Jesus comes back, you know, before before we die. But if he tarries is coming, then that sentence will be carried out and something will take us out. If it's not COVID, it'll be one of the million other things that we haven't been told to be worried about this year that will take us out. One of these things will eventually get us. And so when the Apostle Paul referred to Jesus Christ as the last Adam, he's doing this as a title. It's a title of hope. Look what it says. Go back to 1 Corinthians 15. And look what it says in verse 21. It says, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So if one person could bring death into the world, then wouldn't it make sense that one could bring life into the world? But you know what? It had to be a man, didn't it? It was a man that brought death. It's a man that you know that we inherited that sin gene from that we all have so it would have to be a man to give us that life gene it would have to be a man that would bring life into the world and that's why god had to come to earth as a man and that's why you know the christmas story is such a significant thing it, the, that's why the bible took the time to show how jesus christ was born of a virgin miraculously conceived it's never happened before, and it will never happen again. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Mary had never known a man, and yet she was with child of the Holy Ghost. That was significant. That was also significant because of the fact, too, that if it was just if he was just another man like any of us, then he would have sinned, too, but he was the Son of God. Therefore, there was no sin in him. While he was in the womb, the angel referred to, to that child in the womb as that holy thing. There's in you the body of Jesus Christ from the womb all the way into the gra- to the grave was a holy, sinless body. Make not one thing that was wrong in him, not one bit of sin in him. And we all know that that death that he died was payment for our sin. That, that wasn't his sin that he paid for on the cross. That death wasn't brought on him because of his sin. That death was brought on him because of our sin. That was payment for our sin not his sin. So what Paul is showing here is that, listen, if one man can bring death into the world, then one man can bring life into the world. And that man was Jesus Christ. There's no doubt about it. So the first Adam's failure, it brought death, but the last Adam's success brought life 
And so we now have salvation, even though we are prone to failure, just like Adam was. Now go back to Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. So we saw there in Romans, it's talking about how one man brought sin into the world by one man. And then it goes on in verse 15. We stopped reading verse 14. But now let's start reading verse 15. It says, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. I want you to notice how much it keeps talking about gift, free, free gift. This is in case you're thinking, I got to work my way to heaven somehow. Paul's making it really, really clear. He's repeating it in almost in a monotonous way, just to make sure nobody's confused. It says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Whereas by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So right here, Paul's just making it abundantly clear that this, the salvation or the, the sin that you all have in you, and listen, if, if you don't think you're a sinner, talk to me after church, all right? We need to have a discussion, okay? I think most everybody probably has got this down, but the thing that he's, he's trying to make clear is that you got that from someone. You got that from Adam. You are, you are a born sinner. We are a fallen race of people. We don't deserve heaven. That God, God was not entitled to give us salvation. We're not entitled to any of these things. And you say, well, you know, I didn't sin like Adam did, but, you know, you, know, you didn't commit the sin of eating the forbidden fruit, but you've done sins like that. We've all done our own set of sins. We've all done things that we knew was wrong, and we did it anyway. Every one of us in here have done that, and that's what we are prone to do because we're from Adam. But thankfully, you know, even though we're prone to that failure, Jesus Christ, he brought life to the world. So you say, oh, I didn't really do, I didn't do anything for that sin to come on me. No, you didn't. I mean, it, that started with Adam. But you know what? We didn't do anything to get that life to come to us either, did we? I mean, we didn't have anything to do with Jesus coming to this earth. We didn't have anything to, we don't have anything to do with the payment for salvation. Jesus Christ made the full payment for salvation on the cross. He did all of that for us. And so it makes sense, Paul's saying, he's just using reasoning here to show that obviously life can come to all through Jesus Christ. There's, there's no doubt about it. And it's amazing the only condition on it is just belief. It's faith. You just, you just have to believe that. That's all the Bible says. And so Adam sinned. And we sin because we are earthy. But Jesus Christ, he was the son of God. 
and he overcame sin with his life, and then he atoned for our sins in his death, thus making a way to heaven for us. Now go back to 1 Corinthians 15 again, where we see that phrase, second Adam, and look what it says in verse 42. We see a lot of similarities here with what Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and in Romans chapter 5. And it says, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And I want to stop right there. And what he was doing, he was making a comparison here and he was talking about seeds, how you take a seed and there's nothing glorious about a seed, is there? You know, you could take that small seed. There's nothing glorious about it, but you take it, you put it in the ground, it dies. And then what comes? A great tree can come from that one seed. Something fantastic can come just from a seed. You know, you take a you know, just a seed for an apple tree, nothing special about it, but isn't it a spectacular thing when that thing grows and it produces a bunch of apples that we can all eat from? And something great can come from that one little seed. And what the Apostle Paul is trying to show here is that what we're looking at right now, there's really nothing special. It's pretty sorry, isn't it? It's sinful. It's worthy of hell. But yet, because of Jesus Christ and what he did for us, he can change us. And one of these days, he's going to do that. Right now, we've got a corruptible body. We've got something that it's, it's sown in dishonor. One of these days, when, we, when you die, no matter how much your family loves you, you know what they're going to do? They're going to take you and they're going to bury you in the ground. You know why? Because this physical body without life in it, it deteriorates and it becomes disgusting, doesn't it? It's, and it is, it's sown in dishonor. And so what do we do? We put it in the ground because we don't want to see it rot. We don't want to see it deteriorate. We don't want to smell it. I mean, it is. And, and you love that person, but a body without life is, it becomes a very disgusting thing real fast, doesn't it? But you know what? It's not going to stay that way. That's what we're seeing here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Because, and, and so look what it says in verse 45. Or 44, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, that which is spiritual. Okay? We all have the natural body first, the spiritual comes later. That comes at the resurrection. It says the first man is of the earth, earthy. Okay, That's what we're looking at right now. This is what we struggles with sin. That which is of the earth. Man was made from the dust of the ground. It's earthy, but the second man is Lord from heaven. That body that came to this earth, that Jesus Christ, that was a holy body that was sent from heaven, wasn't it? It wasn't made from the, it wasn't, it didn't have that same, those same problems that you and I have. This was a holy thing. And so it says, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. So if I want to be, go to heaven someday, I have to somehow become of heaven. Somehow I have to do that. Now, how do I do that? Well, 
That's where being born again comes in. That's what. It, that's why we must be born again. Because look what it says. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Have you ever been turned away from someplace before? Well, I think we can all say that now. We, you know, because you weren't dressed right. You know, now you didn't have a mask or something. And you know, and, and you feel pretty bad. You know, it may, you know, that it makes you feel rotten. You know, when, when they do that, when you're turned away because there's something wrong with you, okay? And the truth is, if we were all to go to heaven in this condition, heaven would have to turn us away. You know why? Because we are. We're disgusting. We are corruptible. And we can't inherit incorruption. So something's got to change. Well, remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus back in John chapter 3? Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You've got something wrong with you, Nicodemus. You know what it was? It was that he descended from Adam. Now, Nicodemus thought he was pretty good because he was a Jew, because he was of Abraham. But you know what? He might have been of Abraham, but he was also of Adam too. And therefore, he was a sinner. And so God told Ab- or Jesus told Abraham, you must be born again. You've got to come from a different line. The line of Adam is all dead. The line of Adam is all corrupt. You've got to come from a new line. You've got to be reborn. You've got to be born again. And Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And folks, that's what happens when you get saved, you know what happens? The Spirit of God indwells your body, and you are resurrected from the dead spiritually. You are born again. You now have, you have become a new creature in Christ, one whose sins are not imputed unto him, and now you have eternal life. You know why? Because Jesus begets life. Adam begets death. But Jesus, he brings life. And see, so you say, but what? Look, you know, I still look like Adam. I still act like Adam. Right now you do. But if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, one of these days, this body of yours, it's going to die. It's going to be put in the ground. And you know what? Something's going to happen. In verse 51, it says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. A day is coming when your body is going to change. Now, not all of us are going to sleep. Some will be alive when this happens. And then you're, going to, you're just going to change right there in a moment between them and I. Now, if you're already dead and in the grave, that corruptible body, it's going to be resurrected by Jesus Christ. And you're going to have a brand new body. It says, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When a person believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, they receive that spirit of God inside them and they have been born again 
And you know what? God gives us a victory. You don't do anything, but he does. And one of these days, Jesus Christ is going to change this vile body, and we are going to be like him. And when that day comes, there won't, we won't sin anymore. Now, right now, you're, still, you're going to continue struggling with sin. But because you, you do, you've still got, you're, you're still physically of Adam. But if you're saved today, if, or if you're not saved today, and you will believe on Christ, his Holy Spirit will dwell inside of you. He will seal you. And one of these days, he'll change your vile body, and you will be able to go to heaven. And, you know, that victory, it all comes through Jesus Christ. And so the thing that I, would, that I want you to do, you know, this Christmas, when you're getting around family, one of the things is you, you know, you look around, you look around at cousins, you know, parents, grandparents, whatever, and you're, you know, you're seeing all those similarities. You know, you see all those uh, flaws that everybody has in common. Understand, you know, you got it from them. And the, those sins that you have, they are worthy of hell. And so, you know what you need to do? You need to make sure you get reborn into a new family. And, you know, you don't have to enter in your mother's womb and start all over again. You know what you have to do? You have to do, like he talks about in John three sixteen. after he just told Nicodemus he must be born again, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He told that to a guy who thought his, because of his lineage, because of his performance of the law, he thought that was going to get him into heaven. And Jesus told this guy, who I'm sure was a good guy, he said, man, you've got to be born again. You know why? Because Nicodemus was a sinner too. Everyone has sinned, with one exception, Jesus Christ. And because of that, he can give life to all who will believe. If death can come upon all men just because of Adam, life can come to all through Jesus Christ and so he's where you've got to put your faith and trust. And folks, that right there is why the Christmas story is so important. It's showing how Jesus Christ, he came to this earth and he lived a, a normal life of a man. He had a very humble beginning. I mean, he, he about as humble as you can get. He was, his bed was a manger. His blanket was swaddling clothes that he was wrapped in. I mean, it was a very humble beginning, and he did. He lived a perfect and sinless life. We go on and read about him in Luke 2, and we see he, they offered the sacrifices for him they were supposed to. They offered the two turtle doves. Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day. His whole life, he did all the things that a person was supposed to do. He kept every bit of that law. He never broke one law of God. He never committed one sin, and because of that, he was able to go to a cross and pay for the sins of everyone else. What Adam messed up, Jesus was able to fix. And a lot of times people, they get bent out of shape and they think, well, you know, it's not fair. You know, why did God have to put that tree of knowledge of good and evil into the garden? And, you know, I'm not going to pretend I know the answers to all that. I'm not going to pretend I, you know, I can answer why God did all the things that are allowed all the bad things to happen. But here's what I can tell you is even though all those bad things did happen and God allowed to happen, God also sent his son, Jesus Christ, to make a way of salvation anyway for you. So it really doesn't matter. All that other stuff gets canceled out if you'll just believe on Christ. And if you don't, if you don't get saved, it's because you rejected that free gift. There was no, there was no price tag on it. it was, there's nothing that was, has been asked of you that you're not capable of doing. All you have to do is just receive the gift. And if... 
we ought to know about receiving gifts during this time of year. You just, you just receive them. And that's what God wants you to do. And if you've never done that, I hope you'll talk to one of us here for the service, uh, uh, before you leave today so we can tell you, uh, show you more from the Scriptures how you can be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's that simple. You know why? Because it's already been paid for. Jesus did all the work. You've just got to trust in him. And so with that, we're going to pray, and then we're going to have our closing uh, candlelight hymn. So, dear Lord, we thank you so much uh, for your goodness to us. We thank you for coming to this earth, uh, paying for our sins, and offering us the gift of salvation for free. Dear God, I pray that you'll help us to spread that message to as many people as we can. And, Lord, uh, if there's one here that's not received that gift, I pray that they'll receive it today before it's eternally too late. In your name we pray. Amen. For this last song, something we like to do, uh, kind of a tradition, is we sing Silent Night, and then uh, we're going to start start with the lights off, and then I'm going to light the first candle, and then I'm going to light someone else's candle, and you light someone else's candle. And it's kind of a picture of just spreading the gospel to people. Uh, we got saved because somebody told us how to get saved, and you need to tell somebody else. And so, uh, what's the page number? flashlight so I'll be able to see it. Page 84. So let's go ahead and stand as we sing and go ahead and turn the lights off. with 
sing hallelujah to our king christ God bless you. You are dismissed.